Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Snug Wrestling. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. That's right. You are tuned into Snug Wrestling, where it's wrestling all day, every day. And now here is your host, Edgar Avila. WWE Raw was in Cleveland in an arena full of history and more history was made yet again. This is where CM Punk and Stardust both debuted. I wonder what that guy Stardust is up to nowadays. And now it's the place where Punk officially re-signed with Monday Night Raw 10 years after being fired and walking away from the WWE. But the most important history making moment of the night on this Monday Night Raw was the Yeet is back. It's still alive and stronger than ever. The Yeet is back from the dead. What is going on, folks? Welcome to Snug Wrestling with me, your host. My name is Edgar. Usually, I go over these shows in chronological order, but today, we're going to switch it up a bit. We're going to switch things up because some crazy shit went down on Monday Night Raw. Shit got real, and that seems to be happening a lot more lately in the WWE, or am I just now noticing it? It happened in that Becky Lynch and I, Jack segment as well that well we'll get into that later on but i got really hyped over this one particular segment so much so that i'm gonna be skipping ahead and start this episode with that segment because the punker phil cm brooks made his choice and selected the brand that he is officially gonna sign to and went face to face with seth freaking rollins the man that from day one even before day one before cm punk showed up in the wwe made sure the fans knew that he was no fan of cm punk and he was no fan of cm punk joining the wwe adam pierce with the raw contract in hand introduced cm punk and if cm punk signs to raw is cm punk gonna hit pierce with the gts i mean it's only fair right cm punk is really keeping the fans waiting anticipating his choice because before he announces the big decision and he answers a big question he tells the story of him debuting with Nikki James then being sent to OVW all the way to being stripped from the title and I'm like Punk I love you man but get to the point already and Punk finally said that Adam Pierce had the better deal out of all three offers now that I think about it I'm not sure what that deal actually was but either way Punk decided to sign with Monday Night Raw as we predicted and if you're not down with that then oh well learn to love it but the big celebration did not last very long because here comes the champion from Monday Night Raw, Seth freaking Rollins. But Seth, he ain't dancing around or skipping down the ring like he usually does. He still looks pretty ridiculous in the clothes that he's wearing, but he ain't his usual happy-go-lucky self because Seth Rollins looks pissed off. Seth Rollins might be looking at the guy to dethrone Seth Rollins and end his championship reign. CM Punk and Seth Rollins have an intense stare down that you can cut the tension with a knife like Michael Cole likes to put it cause shit is about to go down it's about to get real up in here and it did Seth Rollins tells CM Punk this ain't your home you left 10 years ago and you publicly tried to tear this place down slandering everyone in that locker room so nah don't even try and say this is your home and damn it Seth you SOB you actually have some good points and you're making it pretty hard to hate on you right about now I mean I'm trying here but I can't hate on that cause it's true Seth 
also points out the other elephant in the room and says, look, we all know this is your last chance. The truth always comes out. Are you going to show your ass or did you really change? Punk grabbed the mic and made it official. Punk is going to the Royal Rumble. And if Punk wins, he might be going after Seth Rollins. And holy Sheeta with the kendo stick. This was great. People on the internet are trying to take the piss out of this segment because it sounded awfully like the promo Hangman did on CM Punk back when CM Punk was in AEW. People really believe that Seth copied Hangman. And this is what I have to say about that. New no. because this promo with Seth Rollins was a well-executed work that they have been doing since Punk's first promo in the WWE. Since before Punk even came to the WWE, Seth was already working Punk. The promo that Hangman did was Hangman going to business for himself, airing out dirty laundry, and trying to get a reaction out of Punk by whining and complaining. So no, no one is copying Hangman's promo. No one needs to copy a promo from Hangman hangman not now not ever now that i got that off my chest i'm all fired up so let's get into the rest of monday night raw december 11 cleveland ohio let's go to start off, we get a recap from Monday Night Raw last week where Drew McIntyre faced Sami Zayn and completely snapped. Drewski finally turned full-blown heel. Not only did he beat Sami Zayn in the match, but after the match attacked Sami Zayn backstage, as well as both Seth Rollins and Jay Uso after their big main event title match. And you gotta love to see that. A heel Drew, an angry Drew. Now that's just good shit, pal. Yeet. Here comes Jay Uso. Uso legally rocking his Yeet shirt once again, and Jay Uso is doing the honors of welcoming everyone to Monday Night Raw. Jay says, if Punk signs to Raw, they gain a real one, but last week, they lost a real one. And I'm thinking, what? What the fuck? Did someone die? Then Jay Uso says, get well soon, Sammy. The fuck is wrong with you, Jay? Choose better words next time. You almost gave me a heart attack. Drew McIntyre interrupts Jay Uso and assures everyone, trust me, I know this guy CM Punk and we don't want Punk here. Jay Uso asks the crowd who wants to see Drew McIntyre get a yeet down and the crowd says yeet. So we get our opening match Drew McIntyre versus Jay Uso. Jay Uso is fighting for his dog. His dog Sami Zayn. Jay Uso is a real one because I would not be fighting heel Drew McIntyre for anyone. No way pal. Drew is fighting a lot dirtier and meaner in this match versus Jay Uso. Drew counters the Uso splash and hits Jay Uso with the future shock DDT but only gets a two count. Jay Uso kicked out. Drew McIntyre exposed the turn buckle behind the referee's back but it was all a swerve bro some would call this cheating but drew mcintyre outsmarted jay uso because when the referee noticed the exposed turnbuckle he turned his back to fix it that's when drew mcintyre stuck his thumb in jay uso's eye then hit jay uso with the claymore and beat jay uso uno dos tres shinsuke nakamura had another one of his cool japanese video package promos about his new friend cody rhodes shin and cody are going to be facing each other later on in the main event the judgment day are all back and they're chilling in the clubhouse well not really chilling because rhea ripley and finn balor were grilling everyone after being gone last week and one week our truth has been breaking in and out of the clubhouse and dom lost the north american champion 
Champion. And things were getting heated between Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley, but Rhea, she's going to take her anger out on Maxine Dupree and prove to everyone that the Judgment Day still run this place. But Rhea, we can all clearly see that the Judgment Day are falling apart and having issues on camera. It's going to be hard to make people believe that the Judgment Day is still running things around Raw. We get the weekly goofy backstage segment with the tag team division and everyone is cheering on Maxine Dupree for her match versus Rhea Ripley. Everyone except Tozawa because he looks worried, he looks concerned, and he should be. R-Truth also shows up with Christmas lights in hand and is convinced that he's part of the Judgment Day and he's gonna decorate the clubhouse even though Chad Gable tried to warn R-Truth to stay away. The next match was Maxine Dupree versus Rhea Ripley. Bless Maxine's little heart for trying but she is way over her head and she's just poking the bear. Rhea stretched Maxine real quick and got the win, an easy win over Maxine and Ivy Nile had a little stare down with the champ. Bronson Reed versus Ivar, big beefy slapping meat match. Their last match ended in a count out and an afterbirth that took like 30 people to break up that pull apart. Both of these guys have finishers from the top rope so at least one of these guys is gonna fly by the end of this match. And I was wrong because they both flew because Bronson Reed picked up Ivar for a superplex from the top rope and that was it. Bronson Reed won with the superplex like it was 1982 all over again and it was lovely to see. CM Punk was having backstage interactions all night with multiple people. One of them was the Judgment Day. Dom was maybe having flashbacks from the trauma he suffered from CM Punk in the early 2000s back when CM Punk was feuding with Rey Mysterio because Dominic Mysterio was just straight mugging CM Punk up and down. The Judgment Day welcomed CM Punk to Monday Night Raw and Priest hopes that Punk wins the Royal Rumble so Damian Priest can cash in his money in the bank on CM Punk. But at this point, Damian Priest, you're not ever going to cash in that money in the bank briefcase. You're old news, man you are old news. The Judgment Day has an in-ring promo and the Judgment Day puts everyone on notice because they want to prove that they still run things. R-Truth interrupts because he has some ideas for his fellow faction members the Judgment Day. Number one, fire JD Madonna. Get rid of him because no one likes JD. And number two, Damien Priest needs to stop calling himself the boss because that makes mommy angry. Damien Priest gets heat on R-Truth and the number one contenders, the Creed brothers, come out for the save. We get more CM Punk backstage interactions, this time with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre tells CM Punk, I don't care about your story. I just care about mine. So now Drew McIntyre also has a story that he's looking to finish because Drew McIntyre is facing Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship next. Punk also runs into his old pal Kofi Kingston. CM Punk and Kofi Kingston were a tag team once upon a time and they even won WWE Tag Team Gold together and have remained friends ever since. Chad Gable and Ricochet were also with Kofi Kingston and welcomed CM Punk right before being invited into Adam Pearce's office to talk about 
about the Intercontinental Championship. The new young high-flying tag team from NXT, Katana and Kaden, in a tag team match versus Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Katana and Kaden picked up another win, and they set their focus on the women's tag team champions. The DIY are backstage talking about a mystery partner because they're going to be facing Gunther and the Imperium in a six-man tag team match. At first, my mind automatically thought it would be Dexter Loomis. Why? I don't know. That wouldn't make any sense, but but that's what I was hoping for. Becky Lynch has an in-ring promo and shows the clip from five years ago when Nia Jax potatoed Becky Lynch and broke her nose. And Becky Lynch hasn't forgotten because she's petty like that, and that's not hard to believe. But in those five years, for one reason or another, Becky Lynch hasn't had the chance to get even with Nia Jax until now. Nia Jax and Becky Lynch get into some real spill because they address the bad reputation that Nia Jax has built up in the ring as being dangerous and injuring people. And oh yeah, they went there all right. WWE ain't holding back no more, at least that's what it seems like. Becky Lynch tries to fire up on Nia Jax and cut her underdog babyface promo. The man never backs down. The man always fights back. Blah, 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 blah. Nia Jax has good heel body language because she's just standing there smirking at Becky Lynch while she's trying to cut this laughable promo. But as soon as Nia Jax starts talking, she just comes off faker than Becky Lynch. Although I would like to see Nia Jax beat up Becky Lynch. Overall, this segment was a poor segment. There's no chemistry between these two and this feud just seems forced. Imperium versus DIY. The surprise partner was not Dexter Loomis like I hoped. It was The Miz. I still think Loomis would have been a better choice because The Miz as a surprise mystery opponent did not make this match any more interesting. Even with Gunther being involved in this match, I was not really looking forward to this. And to make matters worse, The Miz and Johnny Gargano were beating the shit out of everyone in the Imperium and they got the win. And don't tell me that they're building up The Miz to face Gunther once again. And oh boy, that's exactly what they're doing because after the match, The Miz challenged Gunther again for the Intercontinental title and Gunther agreed. With the exception that if Gunther beats The Miz, The Miz can't challenge Gunther for the title ever again. And this could mean one of two things. Given how close The Miz got last time to beating Gunther and how long Gunther has been the Intercontinental Champion, it could mean that The Miz might actually be the one to dethrone Gunther. Or we will finally stop seeing this ridiculous feud between Gunther and The Miz. And two, let's hope for number two. The main event, Cody Rhodes versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and they gave us a true example of a sports-based wrestling match presentation really is. Shinsuke Nakamura missed Cody last week and has been plotting on Cody and even after all of this built up no one was doing any jump starts or diving out of the ring with tope suicidas at the start of the match or nothing goofy like that we get an angle for this match and this match started off in the ring as a contest where the two competitors were trying to read their opponents and both trying not to get hit Cody wasn't telling Shin come on bro hit me I'll 
I'll let you chop me. I'll let you slap me. I'll let you punch me. Go ahead. No. We also have a clear heel versus babyface match. This is wrestling, folks. I know for a fact a lot of you have forgotten what an actual pro wrestling match looks like. And this is it. Here it is. Nakamura gets heat. Cody tries to fight back, but Shin doesn't let him. Cody Rhodes finally hits his Cody Cutter. And right when it looked like Cody was about to win, Shinsuke missed Cody Rhodes again and gets disqualified. Shin gets more heat on Cody after the match, but the Creed brothers run out to save Cody Rhodes. Overall, this was a good finish. I just hope that WWE does more to get heat on Shinsuke Nakamura to make their next match more interesting. But it doesn't end there because Shinsuke Nakamura made the number one contenders, the Creed brothers, look like total goofs because Shinsuke Nakamura ran back to hit Cody Rhodes one last time in front of the Creed brothers, the team that ran out to save Cody and protect Cody, and the Creed brothers, they just stood there and did absolutely nothing. And these are the guys that are going to be going up against the undisputed tag team champions, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. So good luck to you guys, Creed brothers. You guys look like you're going to need it. And that was Monday Night Raw. A lot of stuff went down on this episode. A lot of fun stuff. We find out more of CM Punk's plans in the WWE. He's officially signed to Monday Night Raw. He's officially entered himself in the Royal Rumble. A lot of things are uh, happening in the WWE. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you guys are looking forward to the most. Hit me up at Snug Wrestling. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk soon.